Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Inglorious RBG. On today's episode, I have my friend Emily joining me to discuss grad school and life post-grad, which includes applying to jobs, leaving a job that isn't working for you, and finding jobs and careers that are more suited to your lifestyle, passions, and personality. But before I get into all that, um, of course, I have some recommendations for you. I just finished a book called Verity by Colleen Hoover, and I was obsessed with it. Um, This is the second book that my friends and I are reading for our book club. We still haven't even done our book club from American Dirt, but I've already done this book. I loved it so much. Um, So Verity is a thriller about a woman, a writer, her name's Lowen, and she's been struck by some um, unfortunate luck, but then gets asked to uh, finish up a very popular novel series for a writer named Verity. The novel goes between Lowen's life and her experiences while taking over the series from Verity while living in Verity's home with her husband and their son, and then it goes back to this manuscript that Verity wrote about her life, um, her intense sex life with her husband Jeremy, and her aversive attitude towards their late daughters. Uh, It's a very dark book. Um, I would call it a psychological thriller. And it really dives into the psyche of this woman Verity's attachment issues. And there's obviously some really steamy scenes. But yeah, it was just a book that you really couldn't put down. So I highly recommend that. And if you're looking for some new music, Sinead Harnett released the album Hard For Me To Love You, which is really just four beautiful, sexy songs. So check her out. And lastly, um, I just watched the movie Minari by Lee Isaac Chung. It's an Oscar contender. This was a beautiful movie about a Korean family's life in Arkansas. Um, It's slow. It's one of those very sincere family movies, so it's wholesome and heartwarming. But of course, there's some heartbreaking scenes, which ultimately made it such a deeply moving film. Uh, The family dynamics are so pure, and they all have their faults, which makes the whole movie so honest. I, I don't know. I felt like I haven't been touched by a movie in quite some time, so I really like this one. So I hope that you check it out too. And again, it's an Oscar contender, so it has to be good. Well, that's all the recommendations that I have for you this week. Um, So the bulk of today's episode, though, is about my guest experience looking for a job after grad school and how at first the job she was looking for kind of connected to her passions and still they are kind of related. Um, I just want to acknowledge that like job hunting, feeling like you're stuck in a job or thinking that you're not getting anything else from a job but a paycheck are all potentially stressful and exhausting experiences. So we're not saying it's easy. Like the job hunt, I can tell you, is not easy, nor is being um, in a job or in a place that you don't feel very, um, you know, valued or appreciated in. But there are ways of finding more about what you like and what fits your lifestyle when searching for work and taking on a new job. Both my guests and I are firm believers in finding a work-life balance, whether that's while you're a student or an employee uh, or a boss, which you all are anyways. So yeah, uh, that's just something to keep in mind if you are on the job hunt or if you are feeling like you're in a job that you just aren't appreciated in or just aren't finding the value within it. So without further ado, let me introduce my guest. Well, I'm so excited to be joined by one of my best friends today. She holds a master's in kinesiology, specializing in the lived experiences of those with disabilities and their family members, which she'll get into shortly. She now works as a disabilities case manager in Waterloo, Ontario, while living with her wonderful boyfriend and fur babies, Luna and Duke. (laughs) I am happy to say that M was the highlight of my 
life throughout my master's and will definitely shine some great light on us in today's episode. So please welcome Emily Tang. Oh, thanks, Rob. I'm so happy to be here. I so feel like a little like infamous, I don't know, RBG. Hashtag. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we've talked about it before about wanting to do an episode together and what better things to talk about than like life in graduate school and just our experiences, which I think might be relatable to other people's experiences as well. And mm-hmm. then to the post-grad life. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, especially during a pandemic, like I feel like it was just such a different experience than like mm-hmm. quote unquote usual. Like, I don't know, everyone has different experiences, but especially to navigate through that time was like craziness. I don't know. Yeah. Like there was no graduation, no real finale. We didn't get to say goodbye to a lot of people. And then moving forward to like, look for a job was just mm-hmm. difficult and just kind of, it's a, like, it was a new experience in general, especially for you because you went from like undergrad to your master's straight away and then to look mm-hmm. for like a job to work full time. But well, let's just, I don't know, let's just start with your, background your like what you studied which I kind of mentioned and then some of your volunteer and work experiences because you've done a lot and I think yeah it also relates to what I think you're looking for in a, in a career yeah totally um so like educational background I guess yeah is that what you're asking yeah sure yeah. so um yeah I did my undergrad in kin at Laurier in Waterloo and it's an awesome experience learned a lot um but I started volunteering at this place called Kids Ability in um, Waterloo, and it's we worked one-on-one with children with disabilities in a physical activity setting, so learning fundamental movement skills and things like that, and it was super, like, humbling and, like, eye-opening on how just a program as small as this one, like, impacted the lives of children, um, especially children with disabilities who don't often get a chance to be physically active with their peers. Um, just due to stigma and bullying and things like that. So that experience actually stemmed for me to uh, do a undergrad study in my fourth year um, with Paula. Love you, Paula. Um, and <laughs> you gonna listen? I don't know. <laughs> I follow. She knows, she knows about the podcast. So. Oh, does she love it? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I just like I wanted to research more about physical activity and children with disabilities and caregiving for a child with disabilities and. Um, yeah, so I did a case study in my fourth year and it went really well. I learned a lot. Um, it's a qualitative study. So I interviewed um, a family um, about their experience caregiving and their child in a physical activity program. And it was just super like interesting and I loved it. So that's when I uh, applied to do a master's with Paula as well at the same school to continue on this like um, theme of like people with disabilities and their lived experiences, but more so in their transition to adulthood mm-hmm. um, because it's so different for people with disabilities because right from birth they're just thrown in the system mm-hmm. and they're given this whole life plan through doctors who like don't really know them as people saying like hey you're going to go through school you're going to not be in regular classrooms you're going to be in these life skills programs and you're going to be done high school by the time you're 21 you're not going to get a high school diploma and then you're going to transition out of your child funding and supports and then on your own trying to find adult supports and a meaningful life for yourself. That's up to you. Good luck. <laughs> right. 
So that's really what fueled my master's and that's what I did my study on. And I interviewed a bunch of people with disabilities themselves and their families on their lived experiences. And it was just so eye-opening about all the hurdles and barriers they have to overcome Mm -hmm. and to even find their self-worth and like dignity to know that they are, they can go to post-secondary, they can find a job, they can live meaningful, independent lives. Um, but for the most part, they don't realize this till later in life. And a lot of people fall through the cracks and it's really unfortunate, but, um, it was really important though to capture their voices, like the pe- people with the lived experience, their voices. Um, because again, usually they're overshadowed by doctors or teachers or their parents. And so it was just so like, I don't know, like enlightening and like empowering to yeah for them to include their voice in this in this master's student's research like it was the first time like they've been asked like what was your experience like it was a lot of them was their first time even being asked yeah their experience I'm sure it's like way more uncommon um for like the person who's living with a disability to be asked than their family members because like you said there's a stigma totally yeah I loved your thesis and you as like I think everyone will be able to tell you have such passion behind what your study was and why you did it Mm -hmm. it was just like advocating not just through research and like to the niche of just like other researchers being able to read the paper when it eventually gets published I don't know when that's gonna happen anyways but like publication 2022 (laughs) (laughs) but like actually like advocating for people through working one-on-one and being part of programs that empower people with disabilities um, and teaching them skills like one-on-one like moving and grooving for instance like mm-hmm. um, it included like any children whether they had disability or not and it's moving and grooving right yeah yeah to move and grooving and it had you know volunteers from the university so the kiddos in the program could see like, you know, like university students and what they do and like, it could prompt them to think like, oh, maybe I could go to university too. Like, yeah. you know, just opportunities to, for them to think like that, which they yeah. wouldn't get in regular school settings or in regular life settings, because who knows if they're even like being able to have those conversations. So, right. you know, so just working with movement and grooving and like, um, I also support a family with a young boy with multiple disabilities and helping him through online school and him realizing how good he is at school actually and like it's just all like super awesome and yeah and like it's important to know like not to do this work because you feel bad for people with disabilities but because you actually like genuinely care about them living a life that's meaningful to them where they feel like actually belonged Mm -hmm. where they live you know what I mean so like there's that big difference there just doing it because you feel bad Versus like genuinely caring about like their life and their li- likes and interests, their gifts and strengths, like all those things. So right, yeah, you care about especially the boy that you work with, and just mm-hmm. like all the people that you meet, you just want them to live a life that's meaningful to them, just like yeah. we all we all want yeah. for ourselves. Yeah, exactly. I can say I feel like in the program you were so passionate about what you were doing, and I think that really came across to everybody and. That's why, I don't know, it just, that's why you're here. Like, that's why I want to get you on the podcast and talk to you about what you do, what you did, and kind of where that brought you to where you are now. 
which I mean, like you said, after we did, after we finished our, like, well, you were still in finishing up your thesis, like post uh, pre-defense mm-hmm. and you were still, you started working last summer mm-hmm. during the pandemic. You started working with, Bridge, was it Bridges to Belonging? Yeah, Bridges yeah. to Belonging, yeah. And that was your like, first job post-grad. Yeah, and like that's kind of the cool thing about qualitative research, which is um, collecting data through interviews and talking to people, in case people don't know what that is. Yeah. Um, it's like you make connections with people and um, like with organizations throughout the process and um, things like that. So through like my research, like I connected with this organization who wanted to bring me on in July uh, before I defended to start working with them as their like summer student, but also as a facilitator and independent facilitator as well. So that was like super cool to get land a job before graduating. Um, and yeah, it was the same kind of work, like advocating for people with disabilities. And it just kind of flowed really nice from like what I was studying and what I was doing already with volunteering. And then just kind of like a nice like bridge to <laughs> literally belonging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And that you worked like that you were there because now you have a different job, which I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, but you were there for quite like almost a year. Uh, half- I think it was like eight months. Yeah. How was like it? How was the transition from like grad school into the job? Because oh, gosh. you were yeah. like, it was a t- an area you were familiar with and but it was just it was different it's a different experience totally it was so different than what you like what I heard about from my study like in terms of facilitation is was so different actually living the part or like doing the job um one-on-one and so what facilitation was was um we would um guide people and reaching their life goals and um, things like that, like finding a job, living independently, volunteering, finding friends. Because again, people with disabilities don't usually have those opportunities or don't know where to start. So a facilitator would come in. Yeah, they're limited resources. So a facilitator comes in with their resources toolbox, like of community <laughs> and and people and things like that. And we just help guide the person along with their family and support network to finding. Um, well, like finding whatever their goal is or living whatever their goal is. Like a lot of it was developing connections and like how to be a friend and how to make friends and a lot of things like that. So when you hear about it, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that's that's great. But actually doing the job, like a lot of people come from very precarious situations. And a lot of the times I was the person closest in their like support network and I had just met them for like a few weeks yeah so and it was during a pandemic so it was never in person either yeah it was all on zoom which was like a barrier to some we could meet in person for a first little while before it really got locked down um we had to follow like procedures like mask and six feet apart so like going for walks outside and things like that but um yeah it was super eye-opening to see some of the situations people come from um, and helping them realize their self-worth and dignity. Like, yeah, you deserve to have friends. You deserve to be loved by other people. Like it was much more deeper than just, Oh, let's find you a job. Like it's so much more than just, just that. So yeah. Facilitators. Like, connection. 
yeah like it's really deep rooted in um like the person and who you're working walking alongside um we called it because we're not like a support worker we like actually invest in their life to help them reach their goals or whatnot so yeah I did that for about seven months and I was also a special projects um administrator as well so the um my boss knew about my work as a master's student and um working on kin council like in her program uh, the student council so she uh let me um take over that role and like I help organize special events and um we ran a social group every Wednesday that I took lead of um what else did I do oh we developed a youth workshop program that ran for 10 weeks which is really really awesome and yeah so just like cool little projects like that it was super hard during a pandemic but you know we you know pivoted online like pretty quick and able to shoot out some really awesome programs so I really like that part like working on a program and like seeing it come to fruition and then actually executing it all the way through like it was super like fulfilling you know right no so there are definitely fulfilling parts to it again it was like a population you were wanted Mm -hmm. to work with um and you had the connection there from your masters like Mm -hmm. as you said about the fact that you did interviews was that you met people who were like-minded to you yeah and I guess that's like really one really important thing when you're looking for a job especially like after grad school or after school in general before that is like making those connections yeah networking for sure um and I know it's hard because like a master's in like any kind of school is like so busy like so many expectations but like seriously like getting out there and pursuing things that you like to do like not volunteering just for the sake of volunteering but like actually investing in a volunteer opportunity that you enjoy like will help in like the long run when you're about to graduate and you're applying to jobs and you have references that you know you get to that point where their job interviewer asks for references and you're like oh (laughs) who can I put so yeah I that one recommendation is just like like just getting in the community and like um, volunteering or working throughout school like really helps build those connections and networks and even like getting to know your profs is good too for like academia references um totally but like getting that real world work experience too you know what I mean like really helps in the long run yeah and it's also good if you aren't sure like what you want to do mm-hmm. and then you kind of like you can pick and choose what you're interested like things that you're more interested in in undergrad I volunteer it was similar to moving and grooving in that sense where it's like you're doing physical activity with people who wouldn't necessarily be getting that like interaction but I was doing with mm-hmm. older adults oh, so awesome. yeah so it was just similar ideas like then you get to understand a bit more about what you like who like who or what's something that you're passionate about, what's something that um, kind of makes you excited and could potentially lead to something in the future if that's like what you're looking for when you're applying to jobs and volunteer work, which I think a totally. lot of people do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. It's so good. Even just for yourself, too, to be, like wake up and excited to go to that job or volunteer, like that makes it all, all yeah. the difference as well. Yeah, totally. And it, yeah, put some pep in your step. Yeah. <laughs> Post-grad, you went to the workforce. It was a pandemic. Um, and then you went through this job, which, again, you were passionate about. There were certain aspects of it that you loved. 
but you did decide to move on to a new job. Obviously that happens. We decide to take new steps in our lives. And I, so just tell us a bit about the process of what made you want to switch and um, yeah. And how, and before that though, how did you find the job hunt? Because this was oh, something God. you had to look for. <laughs> this wasn't like you had the connection. You didn't really have a connection yet. No, you're totally right. This new job, I had no connection whatsoever. I just, yeah, yeah, no, the job search was crazy. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. Oh, like, yeah. pandemic has made it so hard, constantly looking on Indeed, which is probably not the best way to apply for a job, because, <laughs> like, it's so many, you get so many applicants through that website, but, you, you know, shoot your shot. You never like, know. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I guess I'll start with, like, why I started looking, maybe. Sure. So, like, the job from from the organization was like great, like right off, right after school. Um, but it is a nonprofit organization who lost their government funding like in 2018, mm -hmm. which means they were no longer funded by the government, which means they're now relying on external funders to fund their services basically. And so what that means is like, we had really limited resources as an organization. Um, my hours were like part-time, but like, it was like on a three month contract. So like it was not stable at all. And no matter how much I enjoyed advocating and like the work, I still had to look out for myself and like security and living in a pandemic, um, coming out of school with student debt, like yeah. not, not cute. So <laughs> I really needed to just like feel secure. And also like the, the job, which just wasn't as fulfilling as like, I just wasn't feeling as fulfilled every day signing on. Um, it felt, started to feel like more of a burden than anything. So you that's when like I, a burden or you felt like it was a burden? Like, yeah, like the job was kind of okay. a burden to me. Like, yeah, the amount of pressure and heaviness you feel from people's stories and situations every day was so heavy. And it was just, it was kind of draining me, like my mental health was yeah. being affected by it. So um, it's kind of, that's what kind of sparked me to be like, okay, I need to um, maybe start looking for something different that's more stable that I'm not feeling like this every day. So that's why I decided to look and yeah, it was just like online applying I was even considering going back to school. Like, there's so many we still things. are. We might go somewhere together. Yeah, who knows? Maybe. Yeah, maybe somewhere warm. I don't know. Love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, honestly, I just applied to a bunch of jobs online, like, through either it was on, on Deed or through the universities. Like, I was looking through their jobs, postings as well. Mm -hmm. And I honestly did not know what would fulfill, like, quote-unquote, fulfill me and, like, career-wise. Like, I was so lost. I graduated with a master's of kin. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't want to be a kinesiologist. I don't want to be a literally can't even call ourselves kinesiologists. <laughs> kin and it's, yeah. you still got to do the exam. Yeah, I know, exactly. But I knew I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do, like, frontline healthcare kind of work. Yeah. Um, so, at least it was good I knew what I didn't want to do, but it also meant, like, <laughs> what do I do? So I don't know. I've just looked at job postings or descriptions like, yeah, I think I could do that kind of apply. I don't know. Um, but it was this one job title I found. It was actually through Sun Life first called disability case manager. And I was like, okay, disability, like pretty well versed in that field. So I applied there. 
Um, and then I applied to, Manulife had the same posting. So then I just applied there too. And these are insurance and, companies in Canada. Yes. 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 They're insurance companies. Sorry. No, it's okay. Just to clarify. The podcast is international. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so proud of you. <laughs> so yeah, I just applied to those. Um, I probably got like 50, like, oh, we've reviewed your application. Unfortunately, we won't be following with your classic resume, blah, blah, blah. But so the one place that got back to me was Manulife. It was the first interview I got (sighs) after applying like 50 jobs. And it was the interview. There was two interviews, um, a pre-screen, and it was a job that hired me. perfect so it ended up all working out waiting a few months to hear back but it was crazy I, I literally applied to like 50 jobs and yeah. the one place that got back to me for even an interview was the one that hired me so that's great it worked out well also your boyfriend yeah. works there yeah but just to be clear he did not have a hand in any <laughs> he no he this I asked I actually asked and I was like do you know this interviewer or this person and he was like no Ugh. It's a huge company. Yeah. Plus, this is for the Toronto office, and oh, okay, he's with the Kitchener office. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, but no, no connection. The only I think the thing that won me over was that I said, "Oh, like I did mention he worked there in the interview, but I was like, <laughs> oh, he calls themselves the Manny Lifers, That's and it so made the funny. interviewers laugh. So if anyone wants to apply to Manny Life, just say you want to be a Manny Lifer. And That's so guaranteed higher. <laughs> <laughs> great tip people want to work with people that they think they can get along with emily and like even though you're not in person with them right now they're like this girl's hilarious let's hire right that's (laughs) totally what it was (laughs) no i love that yeah so it was it was a lot like it's a lot to apply to jobs it's not just like a upload your resume and submit i'm sure other people can relate it's like upload your resume then fill in all these um fields about your work experience and then write a cover letter and blah 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 so it was very exhausting yeah and for Um, each job's kind of different sometimes like depending on the jobs you're applying to yeah but this job I didn't even really know what to expect like what's a disability case manager I don't know so (laughs) until like my orientation that I really learned what it was um but basically why it's such an awesome fit is because um we take in claims like disability short-term disability claims from other plan members who use Manny Life as their benefits provider and basically we determine if they get the disability benefit or not so to do that we need to determine what the disability is and gather information about that so they really hire people who have graduated from kinesiology or health science backgrounds mm-hmm. so that's like almost everyone on my team is has a kinesiology background because they rely on people who have pre-knowledge on disability related things right so that's cool so that was one thing that I could relate to yeah plus like the other disability work I do but that was one thing because I was a kin graduate and the other thing was like in the disability program I work with it's different we're not just like approving claims then closing it then moving on like this particular program we either approve or disprove the claim, but regardless, we follow through with the person until they return to work from their absence. Okay. So that kind of tied into the job I got at Bridges because we walk through, walk with people to reach their goals. And in this job at Manny Life, we walk with people until they return to work. That's so, <laughs> so funny. 
I know it sounds stupid, but like it actually ties both of those things that I like did together. Yeah. Into a stable salary benefits job. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Full circle. Yeah, it was, and it's like really odd because a few months ago I remember sitting and being like, what am I going to do with my life? What kind of full-time job am I going to get? Like Adam's working full-time. He's got his life like kind of stable and like I feel bad because like I'm still over here like floundering. (laughs) So it's crazy how fast life like just changed like that though. Like with one interview and like all of a sudden it was like boom, boom, boom. I'm in a whole different like stage area of my life almost. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. No, because you're at, you're doing something that's stable that can like lead you being able to do the things that you want to do mm-hmm. and be able to do those things because like you have the salary, you have something stable, you're not floundering, even though, <laughs> you know, it's hard, it's hard not to flounder, especially like in this climate, like this climate where there's just so much uncertainty, but mm-hmm when you do secure the secure the bag it's a great feeling and like you should feel proud and, oh, and I know thank you, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like I really do like the job I love my manager my team everyone's super supportive oh, we all come from a similar background like educational background so that's pretty cool so yeah I think it was like the perfect fit for like now so yeah so it was really cool but I will tell people like don't give up keep applying you never know without one interview what could happen yeah I think that's huge like just keep applying um be open to like things that you think are you're not like 100% sure Mm -hmm. what they are look them up like no seriously and even like you don't even have to decide when you're applying to a job if you'll like it like do the interview if you get one and see if you like it then and even if you feel like you do and then you don't when you're in the job that's okay like nothing is like permanent in life like you always have the opportunity to change and like find what you actually genuinely enjoy doing so yeah yeah I love that yeah. that's what this I, podcast is all about because <laughs> yeah. like I know how hard it is to feel stuck yeah like, just like I don't know just like stuck like that's the best way I could describe it but just know like nothing's ever really permanent like you can you have the power to change whatever is not working for you you know what I mean yep you are the new Dalai Lama Emily no please no <laughs> <laughs> No, but that's such a good point. Like everything, like if the pandemic shown us every anything, it's that everything can change in an instant. Like your whole world can be flipped upside down. Again, like obviously there are barriers sometimes. Like if you are someone with a person who's a person with dis- uh, disability, or you are someone who can't afford going back to school, or can't afford, or just can't afford to be in a situation where they can quit a job. Totally. Yeah. No one contact me for advice. Like, I don't know. I, don't, I still know. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be so funny if people just if we were just started getting like DMs or something like, please oh me. I have decided to quit my job and move to Australia. Oh no, and... <laughs> Pin me on that, please. Okay, I won't. But that'd be so funny. <laughs> right at the bottom Damn. of like the episode, please contact Emily for any life advice. <laughs> no, I'm no. I'm in no way qualified to give life <laughs> advice. So. I think you talked about like the main things that make this job more satisfying to you and something that makes you're more, you're more comfortable with it. Like, even though again, an area you were totally involved with throughout undergrad and things like that 
when you're working at Bridges to Belonging, this job provides you security. Mm-hmm. And like, even in last week's episode, when we were talking about relationships, something that was really important to the couple was the security. Mm-hmm. Same with job security. Like, again, everybody fluctuates with their relationships with what they need in a job and with what they need in life. But um, for you, a huge thing was just having that like security, something stable. And now, and now you're good. Now you're happy. Yeah. Like you are, you are happy, and it's not a burden to you in the sense that it's not affecting your mental health, which is very important. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, I don't. It is like a lot of work. Like it's really busy, but I don't feel like mentally, emotionally drained, mm-hmm. like I was. So that's the hugest. That's not good grammar. That's the <laughs> biggest thing that came out of that. Yeah. I, I feel like I think we both can attest, to, like knowing people who have had jobs that have drained them like I know you and I know other people and I think you know as well people who just have jobs that they like can't stand being in and Mm -hmm. how it affects like every aspect of your life um if you are stuck in some again we're using stuck but if you are feeling like you're stuck in something that's you know a potentially toxic environment or potentially just draining exhausting type of work Yes, Emily yeah. Shirt says, with less toxic people, more toxic by Britney Spears. Yes. <laughs> that's that's, that's the mantra. 2021. <laughs> Britney Spears has just been such a highlight this well forever, but I mean I think recently, of, yeah. Yeah, recently she's just been everywhere. And I mean a lot of her life I feel like we're all just trying to, you know, come to understand and anyways. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no toxicity other than toxic by Britney. I don't know. I think stronger really resonates with no. the song stronger. Oh, it's a great song. All of her oh, songs, like that one, Lucky. Yep. On repeat. I did it again. I mean, doesn't yep. relate, but <laughs> <laughs> the old lady dropped the oh at the end. We literally had this conversation in the car. <laughs> you? Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> weeks ago, when I could still visit you. Yeah. Now, now we're in lockdown. Point, yeah. Three point when it comes to overall, if people are looking for jobs, what would you say that especially young people, but pe- all people in general, should look for in their work? I mean, things like, that are mentally exhausting is one. Yeah. Like <laughs> Too mentally exhausting. Yeah. Anything that makes you, that's affecting your mental health, like, definitely is a red flag. Because um, you come first, like, with anything. Um, that's what I learned uh, in my other job anyway like I was put myself in positions where I was putting too much of myself in situations so it was just too emotionally draining too much on me it took a toll anyway so yeah that's definitely a huge one um I think something else is like something that like real somewhere that values your gifts and strengths like what you bring to the table and that it's recognized mm-hmm. um because everyone brings in valuable work and their opinions matter so you know that matters to you like making sure you're able to do that in your job whatever that might look like um yeah you know just something that you doesn't have to be something you absolutely love and like like not a lot of people live to work yeah fair like yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm a person that works to live because yeah <laughs> which we're, is the western, we're in the western world and that yeah. just so yeah I don't know just something that you can like have like can pride yourself in doing like that's meaningful to you that you feel like you're 
contributing like you're able to contribute and that you feel valuable in that position yeah like honestly like uh yeah and like don't just keep doing something because you feel like you have to and like it's draining you like just it's really about like self-reflection and like how you're feeling and do you feel like this is fulfilling to you and if it's not then okay maybe it's time to look look around but like again like nothing's permanent like you know you can always change jobs you can always keep looking just 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 remembering that throughout that process yeah yeah for sure and like like you said you're working to live and I think that's a very fair statement like obviously you need to earn something because we all need (laughs) we all need money to be able to live um Mm -hmm. rent buy food like yeah way it is um and I think that like what you're saying is like in order for you to like kind of get by with that and be okay working in a job that maybe isn't like the best the best like what you could what like everything you could have ever imagined I think it's also important to be able to have like a work-life balance too Mm -hmm. so like if if you're someone who like okay well I know that this this job is good but it's not like I'm living to do it Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but like you live for other things and like you are at least with this job you're able to have a great work-life balance like you're able to go out and well, not really go out now, but like you would be able to, you know, go out for dinners or go away for, on the weekend, like go camping or something like that if you, totally. if you felt like it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, work-life balance. That is so important too. Because the, the other job, I was bringing everything home, quote unquote, because it was like work at home. But you know what I mean? Like even though I shut my laptop off, I was still thinking about it all day long. Yeah. So yeah, just finding something that it's a good balance for you. Like it doesn't have to be 50 50, but just something that works for you. Like, like, like you said, like, I know Adam and I want to have a family and like thinking about that and um, what kind of job we'll be able to support that and still like have a life. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) The bigger, the bigger questions. Yeah. When you're in school, I feel like you're, unless you like really don't give a fuck, like, you're thinking about your school or like you have an exam, you have an assignment. There's always something on the go that you're so consciously thinking about it. Whereas with certain jobs, like the one you have now, you don't have to think about work really as much when you're done the day. It's kind of like Mm -hmm. a new day the next day. Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people that's like super important is just being able to like, okay, like I'm shutting off for the day and it's shut off. Like obviously there are jobs where it's not like that. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think that like, if you're someone who likes a work-life balance and like wants more of a life, you got to find a job that's going to be able to fit that ideal world of yours because there are jobs that are, you know, going to take up more of your time, like your first job and going to take up more of your mental capacity. And I Mm -hmm. felt like as a student, that was like a huge thing for me, especially during our master's was that like a huge part of my mental capacity and even like physical capacity. Cause I just felt so drained after like doing a full day of testing in the mm-hmm. lab um was dealing with like yeah it was just being in a lab and, like school can be exhausting a job can be exhausting and like but then that for me wasn't perfect because I like having more of like a life totally yeah and I remember like being told while in school like oh if you schedule your day like nine to five like you shouldn't have any problems with workload and doing getting stuff done and not feeling overwhelmed but it's like it's so different in academia because nothing's really structured Mm -hmm. like you can have classes everywhere throughout the day 
assignments due on random days like nothing's really consistent really so um yeah I totally get that like the mental capacity in school and like to the job I went to was kind of similar actually it was really like erratic like kind of things that were happening so yeah um getting out of that and like realizing like I can just turn off my computer and like relax was like super like it was just like a breath of fresh air almost yeah Yeah, it's a totally new experience especially after like your master's Mm -hmm. which is like I don't know people say going into your master's like you it's like a very competitive environment and it's like um you do have like a lot of potentially free time because you know like you're you can go to the lab you cannot be in the lab you can you obviously have classes you have to go to in some programs and like ours in Mm -hmm. our first year and then you te- like you we we were teaching assistants, so we had those responsibilities as well. I don't know about you, but I just felt like um, the balance that was like that what I was like kind of hoping would happen because they said, okay, you treat it like a nine to five job, and then like you live a little. Some weeks there was that, but a lot of times there wasn't. Yeah, totally. I felt the exact same way. In fact, I don't even think I had like a nine to five quote unquote routine down because yeah, it just. Uh, not really how my brain works in school uh I don't know it was just a weird mindset and yeah like there's also that added competitiveness and like pressure and um expectations that like that are also on you in school that made it that much more difficult stressful um yeah like yeah exactly stress and like stress makes you procrastinate and blah 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 so yeah, it's definitely a different headspace in school. Totally. And a lot of people say, like, if you can't handle that, then you shouldn't be in school. But, like, <laughs> we're all humans, okay? Like, that, then you'd, like, have a huge <laughs> portion of the population who wouldn't want to go to school. And also, like, everyone just deals with stress and things yeah. as well. I feel like exactly. in second year, I don't know, did you feel this? Like, you worried? I worried less because I realized how much grief that gave me in first year. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I think, no, I think for me, like, the second year was harder because of the pressure of getting your study done, first of all. I think that got to me a lot, um, especially trying to get interviews in with the pandemic (laughs) and trying to get enough, like, participants, and um, I was having issues with recruitment numbers, too. Like, that really added to my stress in second year, I think. I think first year, I felt more, like, free and like not as like stressed I guess because first year was a lot of classes and like assignments like that stuff and like just developing your your study which I felt like I was okay with um but then the pressure of like executing this amazing study that everyone has such big expectations for that you got to defend like that really got to me right so you liked it when there was the structure better and like when there was a structure first year I guess yeah I guess when yeah and don't get me wrong, like, I love doing my study. Like, I think it was super meaningful to me. It was oh, super yeah. meaningful to my participants. Like, but, man, like, being in it, and I'm sure, other, like, my other, like, lab mates can attest to this. Like, doing qualitative is so draining because, again, you're hearing people's stories in depth about their life story, and it's just, like, so much, and then you got to transcribe it, and all these other That's you listening processes. to it all over again yeah you gotta listen to it all over again again and again because I can't type and listen apparently so <laughs> I constantly 
oh, hours and hours of that. So yeah, like just, it's just so weird. Like the capacity you have in school, like mental capacity compared to like a job now. It really just depends on the job and like the programs that you're, you're yeah. in, the school programs that you're in. Yeah. We obviously, during our masses, we had, we had fun. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. like we were trying to like, again, we like this work-life balance. Um, we both, we tried to, I don't know, we tried to make the experience fun for each other. We would go to the market seven in the morning when no one oh was God, there I yet. miss those. I know. Yeah. There was, there was just like lots of fun experiences that you can have while doing any undergrad or grad program. Like totally. Yeah. That involves, we were co vice presidents of student council. Yes. <laughs> it was plan good Christmas parties. Okay. We planned the most bomb Christmas party. Yes. <laughs> the most successful. Yeah, I think it was 2019. No, it was 2018. No, 2019. Before no, everything 2019. went to shit. Yes. That was a great day. Yes, 2019. Yeah. No, that was all fun. We had a good turnout, good prizes, and like <laughs> people yeah. loved it. People had a good time. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah. no, definitely like school, like it's it's hard because like obviously the work. But, like, it's also time to just live your life. Meet new people. Like, go out with people. Like, have a good time. Like, oh, my God. I met, like, we met so many new people in our program. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, you and I found each other. So, each other. It was like, literally, you make lifelong friendships through school. And, like, that yeah. is awesome. Because you bond over those hardships. And also, you just yeah. bond over the good, like, the times that are amazing. Totally, yeah. We and literally just, went and had shots by ourselves on, like, the first night. The first night, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I realized this is a theme in my life because on the first day of undergrad, my friend Tasha and I also had shots by ourselves. Oh, my God. And the first night that, like, there was – it was supposed to be, like, a social – like, there was supposed to be a party in our program at someone's house, but then there was, like, some event at this cafe – like, what was it, the grad lounge or whatever? There was, like, an event there. Veritas? Veritas, yeah. The yeah. Gra- it was the grad cafe. Yeah. I don't like I literally was at Laurier for two years and I know three buildings. <laughs> but Northdale, yeah, Bricker <laughs> and the gym. Oh I know. <laughs> but yeah, we went there instead of getting we got a free drink instead of getting the beer or the wine and we just were just like, Can we get a shot? And yeah, that's when I learned you like eat food to chase or <laughs> I don't even know what you brought. No, you brought your own little juice thing to chase. Oh god. That's what right. I forgot, you already like, you already knew the shots were gonna happen like you had that juice in your purse <laughs> yeah I mean I still had the I guess the undergrad mindset there that's okay I loved it <laughs> thanks Emma. yeah it was a great time yeah um okay like podcast again was all supposed to be about like the transition between like school grad school to like life and I think we covered all of that yeah. So thank you, Em. Okay. Thank you for discussing all of like your experiences with us and for just sharing your opinions and things that you think are really important when you're looking for a new job and something that suits your lifestyle. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. And honestly, if anyone's listening to this and you're still in school and you're thinking like, I can't wait to be done school to start work, like just enjoy, <laughs> enjoy your enjoy time it. in school. Honestly, like, the like yeah just enjoy school live it like and it'll be over before you know it and you'll be working like me and like still liking your job but still wishing you're in school to have all those fun times <laughs> a little bit so there's such yeah. different experiences such different life experiences and 
It's great. They're all yeah, great. Totally. They are. Yeah. The best, the best that you can. Yes. And surround yourself with people who actually care about you and want the best for you. Aw. That's yeah, all I have. Absolutely. Yeah, that's also really important. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Well, thank you, Em. Love Thanks, you. Ross. Love you. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you again for listening to another episode of the Inglorious RBG. I hope you enjoyed and I hope that you found some of this information useful or that um, it just helped you feel better about your situation potentially. And yeah, I hope you have a great week and I'll see you next Monday.